All right, it is Wednesday, November the 25th here. Jeff Andreas with you on NL News. They hope you're having a good day. Now, yesterday, it was a meeting day for Kamloops City Council. And as per usual, after a council day, I get the privilege of speaking with the mayor to get the lowdown on the latest city business. So with all that said, pleased to welcome to the show now the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here today? Very good. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thanks, as always, for the time. Always talking, of course, post-council, which happened yesterday. So with that in mind, I wanted to start with a look at the budget. I know we talked a little bit about budget last week, but uh, the possibility of an increase of 0.49% to homeowners, that's what we talked about yesterday, or last week, excuse me. But yesterday's budget discussion, there was talk now about an increase in the range of, well, less than 0.3%. And if council adds supplemental items, the final tax increase would be at about 0.5%. So clearly you've given yourself a little bit of room to work here and still being able to come in with a reasonable increase. So uh, this has to be a really good starting point here for you, Ken, knowing that you can add a few things and there would still not be a very significant increase to what homeowners will be looking at for taxes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've said all throughout, I mean, the, the budget is a process. It's not a particular meeting, and we're moving through that process right now. And uh, we looked at uh, cuts yesterday and, and instituted uh, four out of six that were recommended by administration. And uh, now uh, at our next opportunity, we're going to look at some supplemental items. Uh, and even if you took the whole list of the supplemental items, because uh, you know, people are not asking for much in this particular period uh, so we uh, would be looking somewhere around half a percent as a total increase if we took everything so you know it's it's a very meager year uh, and I think it just reflects the fact that uh, people in the community uh, are expecting us to tighten our belts and uh, you know we need to weather this storm and and hopefully come out the other side and get back on track in terms of some of the the bigger plans that we had in place. Now, speaking of those options that kind of bring the, the tax increase down even further, you know, there was uh, the approval of, of shortening some of the hours that City Hall is going to be opening. I know city facilities, they're going to see a, a one degree reduction, I believe, right in the in the temperature that it's going to be uh, set at. Uh, so those are a couple of ways to find savings. But the one that kind of stood out to me and, and one that I know some residents in Westside have been clamoring for was uh, with regards to Westside Pool. So you did make some um, agreements in terms of saving about $200,000, but that pool is going to stay open and I imagine that's something that you've probably heard from Westside residents who have been saying we want to use this pool and we need to make sure that we keep it there. I know that's something that was talked about with possibly even just outright closing that pool but council decided not to go in that direction. Yeah, and there was a lot of discussion about Westside Pool, and, uh, you know, it, it will keep on its, uh, its schedule. We have got somewhat reduced hours because of COVID, and, of course, we close it during the summertime. But, uh, you know, the general feeling of council was to keep it open. It's a highly subsidized recreational facility. It costs about $22 per swim at that school. It's being subsidized by the taxpayers of Kamloops but, or at that pool. So, you know, it's an expensive facility, but it's one that's valued by that neighborhood and I think on balance uh, council looked at it uh, and looked at uh, the potential savings and decided that uh, we would keep it open. 
A few items that are going to be paid for using reserve funds, of course, to help keep the tax increase down. And and one thing that kind of struck me was in relation to RCMP costs. I'll just kind of go over what was said there briefly, but the RCMP Trading Depot partially closed in 2020 here due to COVID-19. Officers who took new postings have, have not been backfilled, which has created vacancies, resulting in a predicted surplus uh, to the Community and Protective Services Reserve. Uh, admin now looking to use just shy of a million dollars of those funds to cover the current increase in the RCMP contract, bringing the current tax-funded portion of RCMP to about 132 members. So that's sort of what was discussed, and this just feels a, a little bizarre to me. Like, it makes perfect sense, but just when we're talking about emergency services, you don't typically see these kinds of surpluses being forecast and, and almost being able to kind of pay for themselves the year after. I mean, is this sort of something that, that you've ever really seen before in your time on Oz Mayor and Council? Well, yeah, I have. There's a reality in terms of the complement of police that we have, and, and that is that there's, uh, you know, 136 officers, or there should be, and, and uh, from time to time they get promoted. Uh, from time to time they're on maternity leave, uh, sick leaves, uh, these kinds of things, and there's a recruitment lag that goes on, and right now, because of COVID, there's a shortage of police officers in Western Canada uh, because Depot is operating at only part of its capacity. So even if you do have a vacancy and you find someone from perhaps Vanderhoof or Valmont uh, wants to transfer here, they generally keep them in those smaller locations because they feel Kamloops can get by with, uh, you know, one less out of 136 versus a place like Valmont that, uh, you know, one out of four is going to be a real big hit. So I get that. I understand that. But uh, now we're running around, you know, close to 120 officers, which is not enough. And, and so we need to get that back and uh, we're going to work our way back uh, you know to uh, a full complement but uh, what our finance department has said and it's it's quite uh, truthful and that is that it won't happen on the 1st of January 2021 and will likely be incremental over the year and that there will be costs assessed to the budget for the police that won't be realized and we're going to harvest those costs. Okay, that makes sense. And it's just, yeah, I don't often see um, kind of the, the increase in RCMP budgets being able to be paid for through reserves. And I thought that was a good thing to highlight. And, and it's just something I don't see very often, but uh, clearly there it makes sense when you kind of lay it out like that. One of the things, too, that was talked about for, for savings was the elimination of streetlight inspections. It's going to be a $20,000 savings. I believe it was, what, every five weeks that the streetlights would kind of be inspected. But now they're going to be done on a complaint uh, basis. Um, any concern about that or, or did administration kind of uh, you know calm things a little bit saying that's not going to have a significant impact on the um, you know effectiveness of streetlights here in Kamloops? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I mean, people drive by streetlights every day and don't pay attention to them. But, uh, you know, there are uh, half of the streetlights in Kamloops operated by BC Hydro and the other half are operated by the city of Kamloops, depends on where they are. And uh, long uh, ago, the BC Hydro uh, system changed from a uh, inspection system to a complaint driven system. And it seems to have worked for them. So there really doesn't seem to be a reason why it wouldn't work for the other half of the streetlights in the city of Kamloops. So it's kind of a no-brainer, $20,000 savings. And that's sort of indicative of the kind of, uh, you know, uh, savings that we're looking for now. We've we've, uh, picked all the low-hanging fruit. We're looking for, you know, some relatively small numbers. But it all adds up. And and in the case yesterday, it added up to, uh, you know, saving uh, 
the taxpayers' account is probably around a, a third of a percentage point in terms of their taxes. Uh, you know, that could be, you know, as, as much as $30, $40 a year for some of the higher-end places. So, you know, it's worth doing. And, and uh, you know, I think we have to be prudent about the kinds of uh, savings we look at. But we also have to be prudent about expenditures. And in particular, uh, hiring staff, uh, we have to be very cautious there and have to make sure that the uh, cases are, are very strong in terms of any additional staff we might add. And we have a couple coming up. Uh, we're looking at an arborist, uh, someone who will help us with our tree canopy issues and, and look at, uh, you know, sequestering carbon and, and our greenhouse gas emissions. And I think that's a good investment. Also, we have an archaeologist and actually, uh, because of our relationship and our commitment to the uh, to Kamloops Tishikwepmik, uh, we want to make sure that we are culturally sensitive in terms of projects and we have archaeological needs. So right now we're contracting that out. And if we bring that in-house, we'll actually save money by hiring someone. Yeah, and I believe, right, that was part of the uh, budget items here for 2020, but then COVID-19 sort of ruined some of those plans, if I remember correctly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll bring that back. Perfect. Uh, one more uh, topic to get to here, Ken, while I have you on the line, but uh, unfortunate news here today in regards to overdose deaths. I think I ask you a question about this every time we see these numbers, but Kamloops officially now looking back to uh, the data we've received here over the first 10 months of the year. Kamloops having 50 deaths from overdoses in a calendar year. That is now the the new high that we've seen in in a single year. Um, But just, you know, how sad is it that we continue to see people struggle with this? And and now at a time, you know, with with the government here and the province not really even being in session right now. So hard to have these conversations with sort of a a level above, right? When we're talking senior governments not necessarily being able to to reflect on these numbers the same way they normally would. Just how how challenging is it to see these numbers come out on a on a on how often they do, and and how sad is it that we continue to have to talk about this problem? Well, yeah, the, the the numbers are absolutely appalling. Uh, it's a tragic loss of life, uh, and it's happening predominantly to young men. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, the faster we get a mental health and addictions minister in place, uh, that's going to be a conversation not only myself but other mayors mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, major urban centers in British Columbia are going to be uh, talking about. Uh, this is just unacceptable. It has to stop. We need more treatment options. Uh, we need, uh, you know, looking at uh, recovery beds. Uh, we need to look at uh, more support on the street. Uh, and we need to uh, decriminalize uh, the minor possession for personal use. And those are conversations that we uh, urgently need to have with the government. I apologize that this is a, a kind of a dumb question, but I haven't been in Kamloops, you know, all that long. I've been a resident here for almost a year and a half now. So I apologize if I don't fully grasp maybe the, what this means, but I was kind of looking at the data over the last 10 years. And between 2010 and 2015, the city had between two and 10 overdose deaths per year. And since that time, if you include this year, the city's averaging more than 40 overdose deaths per year. So I'm just curious to get your perspective, sort of what, what changed, do you think, from 2015 to 20? 2016 that there just seems to be this clear spike in the number of people losing their lives as a result of this opioid crisis in Kamloops. Well, it's simple. It was the introduction of fentanyl. And, uh, you know, that really has, uh, you know, created a a whole new market and and it's an uncontrolled market. Uh, You have people manufacturing drugs 
and augmenting them with fentanyl in basements and in back rooms and uh, they don't quite frankly know what they're doing and and uh, you know it's resulting in uh, just a wide concentration of fentanyl in the street drugs and uh, it's like playing Russian roulette to uh, go out there and and buy and that's part of the message that we have about never using alone and, and having naloxone handy and those kinds of things. So, you know, that's really been the change and it's not just been in Kamloops. You'll see that spike in Kelowna, that spike was in Nanaimo and, and in Prince George. So, you know, those, uh, that's just the reality of the street scene. Yeah, it's an unfortunate reality. It's brutal and, and hopefully we can see some, some action change here uh, moving forward. Ken, thank you so much for the time as always. Appreciate this and um, yeah, have a great rest of your Wednesday. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. That was the mayor of Kamloops, Ken Christian. Always enjoy having him on the program, getting his insight on the latest when it comes to city business and also getting some, some thoughts on, on some real sad news here today as a result of, of more opioid-related deaths occurring on our streets.